Do you get enough cardio in winter? Is it too cold, too wet, too hard to actually work out in winter? Well, it is for a lot of our clients. So on today's midweek motivational episode of the Nutrition Couch, Susie and I discuss the pros and cons of winter cardio. And we discuss if you're using your job and your family as an excuse to sit down a whole lot more in winter. Hi, I'm Leanne Ward. And I'm Susie Burrow. And every week we bring you the Nutrition Couch, the bi-weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on everything that you need to know in the world of nutrition. As well as the downside of winter cardio, Susie shares her favorite supermarket cheese and our weekly recipe for winter is a warming, savory breakfast option. But to kick us off, Susie, we love to chat real life client case studies. And in the past week, you and I have both given our clients a bit of a kick up the tush in terms of winter cardio, because I feel like lately it's been cold, it's been rainy, it's been very dark. And I'm not going to lie, it's hard to get up when it's pitch black outside at 5am or when you finish work at 6pm and actually go for a little bit of a walk. But for the modern average Australian who has a desk job, we are simply not moving enough. And so if the goal is fat loss, we have to move a little bit more. So I sort of read the ride act to a couple of my clients this week and I said, all right, if you're not going to go out, if it's too cold, if it's too hard, if it's raining, if you're too tired after work, we've got to do something. So I made two of my clients, Susie, rent pieces of exercise equipment. So one of them rented a treadmill. And the other one's got bad knees and she rented an exercise bike because that's what her physio recommended was a good piece of cardio equipment for her. And they're actually really cost effective. Like I want to say one of my clients picked it up for like, I don't know, $30 a month or something. They came to her house, they set it up. They said, let us know when you want this description to end and we'll come pick it up. So she's not going to use it forever. It's really just in these middle winter period months where it is dark outside. It is cold outside. It has been raining a little bit lately. And the last thing she wants to do after finishing work or getting up at 5am in the morning is actually head out for some cardio because it's too cold. So we got her to rent a treadmill. And I must say, she smashed it every single day last week. She was able to walk for at least 15 minutes, if not 40, 45 minutes spread throughout the day. So she might have done 10, 15 minutes in the morning um, and then another sort of like 20 minutes after she put the kids to bed. So I think a lot of us are using winter as a little bit of an excuse not to move as much, but we know when the goal is fat loss or even when it's not, when the goal is just health, really, we need to move a little bit more because we sit down far too much. And I remember reading an article probably years ago now, and it was basically saying sitting is the new smoking, like the public health epidemic that we're just not moving enough. So I think it's really important. It's beautiful in summer. We get up, we go for an early morning walk. It's lovely, but in winter, it is a hundred times harder. So perhaps consider actually renting a piece of cardio equipment like a treadmill or like an exercise bike, because it can really, really be helpful if you're not someone that wants to brave the how many sub-zero degrees it is in your country or, you know, between zero and 10 degrees in parts of Australia in the morning to actually get up and do your cardio. Yeah. And I think it is getting closer to spring. So this issue will resolve. So that's one thing, but it is something that comes up constantly for me as well, that clients who are perhaps working at home a lot more, you know, that you're losing that two, 3,000 incidental amount of steps. And, and I'll have many clients who'll come and say, oh, but I'm going to the gym and I've got Pilates. But when we check the steps, it's far, far less than 10,000. And, and in my experience, if people are doing less than eight, 10,000 a day, you just won't lose, let alone maintain, because bodies are meant to move. There has to be a certain level of acceptance around it. And I do find a tendency to use work as an excuse. You know, I'll have many clients say, it's end of financial year. I'm really under the slack. I'm working overtime. And, you know, without being too challenging, because obviously people have to have a job and maintain that. And But I will also say that, you know, if you start to question some of those beliefs, 
You know, how many hours do you get paid for each day? Um, are you taking a lunch break? You know, that can be 20, 40 minutes. That can all be all that you need. If someone's sitting down at 8 o'clock and still at the desk at 5 or 6, they're working far longer. And I would argue, does the office know or is it you actually using work as an excuse? And whilst there may be times where you have a day or two a week which are under the pump and you can't move, that still leaves five. So it's about starting where you can and building and saying, right, well, without an excuse, every weekend I'm going to move. And then two or three days a week, I will make sure I prioritize that movement through the day. I love the treadmill option. I've had great success with that too. And what I would say is if you're looking at exercise equipment, you are much better to hire before you buy because then you can make sure you do use it. You're better to spend the money on something that's electric and easy. If you buy a rower or a bike, you won't do it. The treadmill means that you can move at a, a reasonable pace no matter what or, you know, make friends with someone who has one, use the gym in your building, use the gym at work. You know, many people have got exercise equipment. I'm constantly shocked when I ask clients that they've got a gym on site yet never use it. But for me, it's about that acceptance that it's not good enough to say, I couldn't fit it in today. We have a responsibility with our bodies to move every day. Like it's just like brushing your teeth, going to the toilet, you've got to move. So a level of acceptance and even just building over time, start when you know you're going to do it, do it with a friend each day. If you're on a phone call, put your headset on and go for a walk and just start with 10 or 20 minutes so you don't even have to get changed. But it's not acceptable to be saying, I just couldn't fit it in. You know, it's just something we all have to do. And particularly if your goal is weight loss, you know, you will at some point need to move if you want to preserve the health of your body and just functional movement. You know, as we get older, Leanne, you want to travel, you want to be fit with the kids. So without a doubt, I do see and have seen a lot lately people using their work as an excuse and it's putting the blame then on work as opposed to breaking down the day and saying, what well, I can't get up one hour and, and five minutes or I can't schedule a phone call with a walk or I can't take my lunch break, even if it's 10 or 20 minutes. Like, come on, that's really taking, you know, really making a bit of a joke of it, really. It's a, a responsibility we've all got to move through the day. Mm. So setting some healthy boundaries in our lives. Well, not using work as an excuse, you know, and I've heard a lot of that. And sure, that might happen occasionally, but it's certainly not something that holds true when you really challenge it. All right. Well, Leanne, I want to talk about cheese because I am constantly upset that cheese is so expensive in the supermarket. Like how can a block of cheese be like $8? Like it's exorbitant amount of prices. So I wanted to talk about a couple of cheeses that I do use and I find they're much more cost effective examples. So the one that I've liked, and I think I've actually spoken about this before, but I wanted to come back to it, is the marinated fetters that you can find in both Coles and Woolies, the name brand ones. Now, I used to, well, I still like them because I find them much more cost effective than yellow block cheese because we've spoken before about this. If I buy a block, it just gets eaten so quickly at home. I tend to buy grated and use it as a flavor um, on top of pastas or in, in a salad or with a sandwich. I find that goes much further and people just don't hack at it. But I've used the marinated fetters for a while because they used to be 530 for the 300 grams. Now they've gone up to between 6 and 630. So they've gone up about a dollar each. And both Coles and Woolies have one. Now, I like it because I think you use less because you can crumble the feta, you can spread it, and you still get all the flavour. Now, the Coles one, is it's 50% in the container, so admittedly the overall amount's much smaller. It is got oil, and the Coles one does have palm oil in there. I drain the oil itself. I just use the cheese. And then the Woolies one is slightly better. When you look at the ingredient list, it's it, It's got canola oil base and extra virgin olive oil rather than palm oil in it. So that's probably my preference. But the thing with the feathers, and in particular this marinated Danish feather, it's about 25% less fat than regular cheddar. It comes in at about 25% fat, so it's slightly healthier as well. 
So I'm a big fan of those and just think that if you're missing your cheese or finding it not overly cost-effective, I find that that container lasts me at least two weeks and that's sort of $3 a week versus the $5, $8 blocks that tend to, to be smashed or even the sliced cheese, which is ridiculously expensive. But the other one that I like, which is more of a personal like more than anything nutritious, the Audi Spreadable Goat's Cheese, which retails for $4 a container, is a really nice product as well. Now, it's not low fat, it's just delicious. So I just wanted to talk about that in terms of some cheese alternatives because I know at the moment it's not always a really affordable product to be adding in. The other ones that I find quite helpful, particularly if you're using cheese as a snack, is things like the Baby Bells. Baby Bell's a great portion control size. It can be a great kid's snack or addition to a lunchbox and a great sort of piece that you can take at 20 grams and have with your crackers in the afternoon and, again, works out a bit more cost-effective than blocks at the moment. So that's just a couple of my little cheese tips because, yeah, I'm sort of continually shocked at how expensive it is. I'm just counting down the days until I'm allowed to eat brie again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, have a big block of that. It's true. (laughs) But um, no, I I like your tip about goat's cheese because that's something I've been using regularly for me actually in terms of she just likes a little bit of toast and avocado for breakfast and I've been putting a little bit of goat's cheese on there as well Um, and then just sprinkling a little bit of like hemp seeds or something on there as well for her. So goat's cheese I find is really great for kids, particularly if you've got like a nice like crunchy baguette or, um, you know, a nice piece of sourdough. I find goat's cheese goes down a real treat. Then you can just sprinkle a little bit of some sort of seasoning on top of that um, as well. It goes down really, really nicely with a little bit of um, fried mushrooms or something and some extra virgin olive oil. It's a beautiful breakfast. Yeah. You get a lot more taste for a much smaller volume and that is a great way to control calories and fat while still getting the flavour. Whereas I find the blocks you buy and you eat a slice, two slices, and you've had all this money in calories and it doesn't give you the satisfaction overly anyway. So the other trick actually with cheese, if you're buying it in a block, is to shave it because you'll use a lot less if you shave it too. But yeah, I'm definitely going for those white cheeses or even Parmesan in smaller amounts than buying blocks of cheese, which I just can't believe are so expensive. All right, Liam. well, to finish us off today, I have had a lot of clients whinging to me that they're bored with their breakfast. Now, you know, if I'm in a good mood, I might humour them. But if I'm not, I'll be like, well, you've got cereal, you've got eggs, like there's certain breakfast foods. But I've got a nice breakfast recipe that might give some people some exciting inspiration around their breakfast if they're sick of eggs in the morning in particular. And I find it's actually quite quick and easy as well. And it's a really great way to get some veggies into your breakfast. So we'll put it up on our Instagram. I call it my sweet potato breakfast hash. So it's just basically some extra virgin olive oil, some sweet potatoes, some Spanish onions, zucchini grated, and some parsley. And I just stick that into the pan, heat it up, and then top that hash with a poached egg. And because the sweet potato is so creamy and rich, it's a nice alternative to toast. It is a great actual lunch as well. It's warming. It's delicious. You could sprinkle some of that marinated feta on the top. And you're basically ticking the box of carb and protein with some veggies for breakfast. So if you are feeling a little bit bored with your breakfast and want something hot and and quite easy to cook as well, the sweet potato breakfast hash is a winner and a lot of people really like that. Yeah, that sounds delicious. You could do tofu too. If you don't like egg, you could do tofu because I know Leanne loves tofu. I love tofu, but not so much as a breakfast option, I must say. More like my stir fry for dinner. You could grate it over your breakfast hash. That'd be nice. Could it could yeah. You could do a vegan <laughs> breakfast hash if you really wanted. I personally would like cheese in mine. You know how much I love my cheese. But you know, you could do a vegan one with some grated tofu as well. Absolutely okay. Mm. So sometimes we're just looking for a bit of change, I think, and a bit of inspiration. So that, give it a go and see if you like that as a bit of a a hot breakfast on the go. Yeah, particularly with a lot of households on budgets these days, you and I included, you know, going out for weekend brunch every weekend is not that affordable. Like David and I went out the other day with Mia, like she had a baby chino and 
I don't know, two bites of it, a bit of avocado toast. And David and I just got two standard breakfasts. It was 80 something dollars. And so I just think the more you can make these beautiful, you know, a breakfast hash at home for the whole family, rather than taking the entire family out to brunch every weekend, you're going to save yourself a hell of a lot more money. And it's going to be a lot healthier as well, because you can actually add in, you know, lots of extra vegetables to it as well, which cafes just don't really seem to do these days. So very good from a budget perspective as well. Well, it's like the eggs are like $20. And then if you have avo, that's another five bucks. And then if you have Feta, it's another five and your eggs are like $35. It's like, that is expensive, man. So I'm with you. I haven't been for breakfast for ages because even when I go, I just feel like I'm being ripped off. This morning I bought two croissants and a loaf of bread. It was $18. Like it's just ridiculous. So I think you have to be really savvy with how you use your food spend. And there's certainly easy ways to make tasty, healthy options at home that are often better than that. And you can save a lot of money eating out. Yeah, gone to the days where I'm paying, what is it, like 16 bucks for avocado toast? Hell no. I'm, you know, 99% of the time I'm making that at home. (laughs) 100%. And you can do it, and I argue it tastes better anyway. 100%. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Nutrition Catch for another midweek motivational Wednesday episode. We would love if you could give us a follow on our Instagram account, which is at the Nutrition Catch podcast. And don't forget to check out our website where we have a whole range of basically things to just help you guys out. We've got our Perry guide, we've got our snack guide, we've got our takeaway guide, and also there's a live recordings from our events last year. And very soon to come will be our brand new snack guide as well. So we hope everybody has a great week and we will catch you in the next episode. Have a great week. Thank you.